Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Thinking sideways. I don't understand. Does not compute. You never know. Insufficient data to formulate on its mind. What? Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. Hey. What's up? It's Thinking Sideways, the podcast. I'm, uh, I'm Devin. Joined, as usual, by... Steve. And Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Here we are yet yeah. again. Ready to I guess solve thanks, another mystery. thanks for joining us again or joining us new, whichever you are. Here's our podcast. Hope you like it. Well, of course they will. <laughs> it's like a school project. Of course they will. <laughs> uh, we're going to yeah. hop right into it. Uh, this week's story is kind of like something you only see in movies. It really is a movie story. Movie, yeah. movie tale. So they kind of, they kind of like embellished it quite a bit and made Ocean's Eleven yeek. out of this story. They added like ten guys, <laughs> ten and guys. a whole bunch of suspense. Yeah, yeah and a lot of a lot of gear and yeah. a lot of cars and stuff like that. So Bill Brennan, thirty-four, had been working as a cashier at the Stardust Casino in Las Vegas for about four years, uh, when on September twenty-second, nineteen ninety-two. He left work either for the end of the day or for lunch. Uh, I've heard it different. both ways. Yeah, yeah. yeah I have too. Uh, in the early morning hours, never to be seen again. Vanished, huh? Yeah. And I guess what makes this day even more unusual is that when he left, he left with a backpack or duffel bag stuffed with half a million dollars in cash and chips. <laughs> he just walked out. Um, nobody questioned him. He actually missed all of the CCTV uh, cameras? cameras. Cameras, thank you. Yeah, without a trace, just gone. Uh, probably worth mentioning that a half a million dollars in 1992 is equivalent to eight hundred and forty-seven thousand six hundred and fifty-five dollars and two cents in today's money. Wow, that was very good math yeah. to get the two cents in there. Yeah, I did it on the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, you used uh, Google. I 
place may have used been, Google. It's been hitting us harder than I thought. Yeah, it sure uh-huh. has. This is the biggest, quote, successful robbery in the history of Vegas. Also compounded by the fact that it was carried out by one man, ostensibly. One person. Mm-hmm. Not many people actually win that well at Vegas. Mm-mm. So he actually, he, he, he he's, won. he's one of the few winners. Yeah, well, yeah I support, I support Maybe. this thing because he, uh, yeah, he's using it. casinos are such a big ripoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good for him. Yeah. Worked there for four years. I don't know what, you know, finally broke him, but something, maybe. It was the yeah. penny slots. <laughs> Must yeah. have been, yeah. So let's start talking about Bill first. We're going to talk okay. about Bill, then we're going to talk about the heist, then we're going to talk about some other stuff. Bill was apparently kind of a loner. He lived alone with his cat in an apartment. <laughs> with yeah. his cat? With his cat, yep. Did, did Do I remember correctly that... Everybody knew he had a cat because he was one of those cat guys who always talked about his cat. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. He, he loved his cat. He loved his cat. Was his cat called Mr. Snuggles? No. Oh, that's good anyway. <laughs> Do we know what his cat was called? No. Dang it. I know. Yeah. I never so saw I guess, it in the reading. I was hoping somebody else maybe had it seen could it. Be. Maybe it could be Mr. Snuggles. <laughs> For all we know, uh, yeah, it, it might be. be. Let's hope not. His apartment manager say. said that he was, quote, just a nice kid. There are a lot of interviews about around this, by the way. Yeah. Um, however, apparently, Bill got a little mixed up with a big-time gambler, or maybe a bookie, or maybe a better. All of these stories conflict. Yeah, I've heard mm. a couple of versions of that. I've seen those. Yeah, and Bill went from a promising, quote, good kid to a problem. His bosses started to take notice. This uh, debtor that he was hanging out with, was a, quote, shady character, unquote. So shady, in fact, that he apparently also disappeared within a few months after Bill disappeared. Mm-hmm. Bill had made it clear to his bosses that he really wanted to work his way up through the casino. He was lobbying to be a supervisor, but his boss was pretty leery and said, oh, what's the quote? With his quote, with his change in attitude, I couldn't put him in charge of all that money. According to many coworkers, Bill was also reading books like How to Change Your Identity. How to Hide Dead Bodies. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So apparently people were noticing that he was having a change in behavior, but I guess nobody thought that there would be a heist of any kind. Mm -hmm. In fact, the head of security at the time was like, shocked, apparently. Baffled. What? I don't remember. What did he do? Do you remember what was his job? Yeah, he was a cashier. The, he was a cashier, mm-hmm. so he was the guy that you went and exchanged your chips with. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. That's which is why he had access to all that money. Okay, oh, that sweet. that makes sense. I was just making sure he wasn't a dealer or something. No, mm-hmm. okay. No, and actually, that's that's a great question. The heist is kind of a work of pure, simple genius in a way. Yeah, stuff it in the bag and walk out. Nobody really knows what happened. I mean, that's part of it, right? Is that he wasn't caught on camera leaving. Nobody, like, really saw him leaving. He was a cashier, so he did have access to the money, as we just said. But people in those positions are usually, like, patted down, their bags are checked, things like that when they leave work, no matter what their position is or how long they've been in that position. Was that the procedure, though, in the early 90s? I know that yeah. is today, no, because cameras are everywhere, but I'm just today, wondering. thanks to this guy. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's been procedure for a long time. It, that I, I can see that, and it makes total sense. Mm. I just... 
I know that things in the casino were much different in the 70s and 80s and bleeding into the 90s. Mm-hmm. So I just wondered if maybe they weren't as security conscious as they should have been with employees that they knew well. It's actually a very interesting point I'd like to talk about in a little bit in terms of trust with the casinos in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. We're getting to it. Okay, okay. So the fact that he didn't get patted down or checked or anything like that has led to a lot of speculation that he had an accomplice in the security department who allowed him to just leave without checking his bag or patting him down or anything. That would would make sense. Also because he successfully missed all the cameras, although it seems like that would be not so hard if you'd worked there for four years. But also cameras are in casinos are meant to like catch everything. So yeah, they, I mean, if he, he worked there that long, he knows where the cameras are and the cameras aren't comprehensive. They don't cover every square foot of territory. Mm-hmm. So, well, and I um, remember reading somewhere on some forum, somebody had put up the fact that, yeah, I, I knew where the cameras were and they don't actually cover, as Joe said, mm-hmm. every square inch. Mm-hmm. So it is possible if you knew where they were, to plan your route well, mm-hmm. you could, could just walk through and not look out of place. You weren't, you know, doing the uh, the Mission Impossible duck and dive left and right. Just kind of following a, a little serpentine path out the door. Yeah. Of course, there's, there's actually, there's really no reason for him to try to even avoid the cameras. I mean, so what? They go back to the tape and they see him walking out and that's not going to enable them to catch him. I, that's, that's actually interesting. And it brings up a really interesting point is that I wasn't able to find anywhere how they knew that it was him that stole all the money and chips. Mm-hmm. So, right. Cause if they never found him and they didn't have him on TV walking out, I would assume that the only thing that happened is that somebody said, Oh yeah, I saw him walking out of here with a bag, but like he would have a bag anyways. And also then that person was saying, yeah, I let him walk out of here with a bag and I didn't check it. You know, that's another layer of weird, complex mystery around this whole thing is like, how do we even know for sure that he did this? Well, that's true. I mean, they deduced that from the fact that he 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 left work and never came back. But yeah, I suppose I suppose you wanted to do something like that. You wanted to steal all this money and keep your job, and you're willing to kill somebody. So you, after he leaves work, uh, you, you 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 know sneak out with all this money, and then you go over to his his apartment and you invite him out for a drink, and then you murder him and bury his body somewhere out in the desert. And but you know, so how, he gets you know he gets the rap for it. How he, long after he left, whether it be for lunch mm-hmm. or the end of his shift, do you know? Because I don't remember in the reading. How long was it after that he disappeared that they realized the cash was gone? Yeah, it wasn't too long. I mean, I think that mu- that must be the way, right? That like somebody went to go cash him out and realized hey, you're missing like a half a million dollars dude that's not so is it within hours yeah it was and they you know all of the stories say that the police rushed to his apartment where neither he nor his cat were to be found oh mr. that's right snuggles. mr snuggles was yeah, gone mr. Yeah. snuggles was gone the others suggest that this mystery like big better or well, the, big, the big or, gambler guy yeah the the skis mm. was bill's accomplice and there's a lot of allusions to this guy allusions uh-huh yeah. But nobody ever names names, so you can't go out and do research on this like mysterious, shady character. Who also disappeared. Who also disappeared, but they're not willing to say, like, it was this dude who disappeared. 
Mm-hmm. So and theoretically, that guy is made up. Maybe. It's probably. I mean, if, if nobody's ever named names and there's just interviews mm-hmm. saying, oh, yeah, he was hanging out with this shady guy who bet in the casino all the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't know if that guy actually existed. Mm-hmm. So, actually, it's interesting. I want to talk about the Stardust for a minute, the history oh, he, of the Stardust. Oh, th- this is awesome history. Because this, this connects pretty well with the whole... It would help explain why people are a little hesitant to name names of some big, better, shady character mm-hmm. sort of thing. That's very true. So it turns out the Stardust has some really strong mob connections. Yeah, I know it did back in the day anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure it still does. Well, we'll find out. Of course, this is Vegas, of course. Of course. Yeah. In fact, I want to I wanna talk about the mob and let's talk about Jimmy Hoffa. You know, Jimmy! You know Jimmy Hoffa? Oh, Someday yeah. we got to talk about Jimmy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he did disappear. That's an yeah. unsolved mystery. Yeah. We will be. Yeah, we will be. I've been thinking about that one, actually, for a while. And actually, yes, the, I, I freely admit we're diverging from the story at hand for a minute, but just bear with me. It makes sense. It's going to tie in, I promise. Jimmy Hoffa, as you may or may not know, was the driving force in the unions uh, and Teamsters kind of movement in the 50s and 60s. In addition to this, he was also heavily involved with the mob, mostly Chicago, but also in Kentucky and... Kansas City. Kansas City. Yeah, Kansas City was kind of a big mob Mm -hmm. headquarters. Turns out, so in their early 60s, Hoffa, being a nice dude, loaned $6.7 million via a secret deal with the Las Vegas Teamsters to one Mr. Alan Glick to purchase the Stardust Hotel. Didn't he get a boatload of kickbacks for that oh yeah yeah. we're getting to it we're getting to it that means i guess to clarify that in effect for a while at least the mob legitimately owned the stardust hotel not only that but they were getting these kickbacks and i just want to go ahead and remind everybody this is the 60s and the 70s that we're talking about here so when we talk about millions that's back when a million bucks was actually worth something was you know when being a millionaire was actually something that's like mind-blowing all right we're going to talk about this little story shoot off here with a man named frank lefty rosenthal oh lefty i love Lefty. lefty he started working at the stardust in 1972 He's also got a strong mob connection, and he basically takes over the place, it turns out. He and Glick were not pals. They butted heads a lot. Lefty was kind of a bad dude. He was a jerk. He was a jerk. In the late 1970s, the Nevada Gaming Commission raided the Stardust Hotel's counting room and uncovered a skim on slot machines that was worth uh, $7 million in a year. Every uh, year. Uh, now, the, uh, by, by scam, do you mean that's, that's money that's giving off the top before mm-hmm. they, that's unreported income, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. essentially? Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Lefty was solely responsible for that. The Gaming Commission struggled for years with Lefty. They really wanted to... They didn't like him. They wanted to kick him out for, I mean, obvious reasons, right? He wasn't kicking back money to yeah, him. Yeah, he wasn't. In 1976, they denied his application for a gaming license which meant that he couldn't be involved in the casino anymore. He, was, he couldn't be an operator. Yeah, they, and they blacklisted him actually a few years after that. So Lefty, uh, not one to really listen to Voices of Authority, quit his job as casino manager, but not before he rehired himself and gave him the title of food and beverage services and then entertainment director. He's also the reason that Siegfried and Roy were at the Stardust. Mm-hmm. This is the, like, a little interesting yeah, he stole the act, right? He stole the act. In the early 80s, 
the gaming commission finished up an investigation that had been ongoing essentially since Glick came into the picture and Rosenthal as well. And they found out that about $15 million had been skimmed from the Stardust alone and kicked back to Mr. Hoffa. Back to the mob. Mm-hmm. All that went back to the, to the mob? Or to, to the Teamsters? Uh, I mean, not Hoff, all of Hoffa. it, but a lot uh, of it. A big chunk of it. I yeah. mean, it was mm-hmm. spread between Chicago and Kansas City. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Lefty, I really find him interesting. Now, he's he's the main character in the movie Casino, yeah. which is, oh gosh, who's the, the lead actor in that? Dustin uh, Hoffman? Du- no. That no. was De Niro, I thought. De Niro. It's De Niro. Yeah. Yeah. De Niro yeah. plays him under a different name in mm-hmm. that movie. He's but, righty. Yeah, but what <laughs> what cracks me up is I was doing some reading about Lefty, and yeah. he, during this couple of year period when he was fighting with the gaming commission, they would put him under, you know, in talks, and he would be uh, he would badger them, and that's basically why he got kicked out. He he wouldn't play ball with them, mm-hmm. and when he was doing these things like you know making himself what was he food and beverage services uh-huh. director. He actually, and he was entertainment director, mm-hmm. he actually started a TV show yeah, that, yeah, was, that was hilarious. in the casino, yeah. and he would, he would interview the acts, and he would get them to talk about the gaming commission, mm-hmm. and he would beat them up, and evidently, it was a terrible show. The Rosenthal show is yeah, what he no, called it. No, I, saw, I saw a picture of him uh, sitting on, this, in, on the set with Frank Sinatra. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Sinatra. I don't know. I, I don't know what if Sinatra mentioned that in his memoirs at all. Probably, probably not. not. Yeah. <laughs> there's actually there's an awesome picture of Lefty that's like the quintessential like mob picture. I'm gonna do the impression right now. I'll see if we can't like link to it or something on the website. Is it the duck face? It's the one where he's just like yeah, he's doing kind of a duck face like frown. The frown. Yeah, yeah. And he, that was when he was in one of those commission mm-hmm. uh, meetings and was not being a very nice gentleman. So. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, the gaming commission got rid of Lefty. I actually think it was the mob that got rid of Lefty. I don't remember who got rid of Lefty. Well, lefty no, left. The, the, yeah, he, he Lefty left. Did Lefty disappear? No. no. Oh. He his car was exploded. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> His car blew up with him in it. Apparently yeah. it was a, a big enough Cadillac that he didn't get killed. Mm-hmm. Though. There was injured. a reinforced steel plate under his feet that saved him. He had like minor cuts and bruises. Yeah. I got I to wonder if he had that put into that car. A little. Yeah, you wonder, yeah, don't you? Well, you would think, yeah. Because that's not standard in that vehicle. Mm-mm. And a half-inch thick steel plate underneath your vehicle, sir. Yeah, yeah you know, I mean, if, if I were in that business, I would probably have like an armor, you know, like, like bulletproof glass and mm-hmm. armory in the, in the door and everything like that, wouldn't you? Yeah, that would be a good idea. So after Lefty Rosenthal left, (laughs) sorry, everyone, the Gaming Commission, I guess, somehow was instrumental in installing the next two owners. They facilitated the deal of these owners buying the Stardust. And in the mid-'80s, it turned out, oh, oops, these guys had been skimming too. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? uh, they but... they were fined what at that time was a record setting amount, three point five million dollars each. That was the most that any individuals had been fined for. Yeah, the skimming. gaming commission basically hated the Stardust at this mm-hmm. point. Sounds like they did. And then somehow, magically, in nineteen eighty five, the Stardust was declared mob free, and uh-huh. that's that. And there's no explanation on like how that happened or like 
you know, they they put some bad guys in those seats once. They probably they probably co-opted the gaming still, commission. Still kind of skimming off the top. Well, but, the, you know, it, it, think about the mob was big in the 50s, 60s, and began to wane in the 70s. Mostly mm-hmm. because the government went after them. And the government was going after them everywhere. So it's much harder for them to just freely operate and do what they want. And they've got to move more and more behind the scenes, which means it's it's much harder for them to do their business. And something that is that regulated, gambling, you know, with the, the, the board and everything, I can't see it where they could just sneakily put somebody in anymore. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I yeah. think it's just generally, you know, they weaned down the population of mobsters in high positions and they were just stealing trucks and that was it. Yeah. So now, Which yeah, I know they were doing more than that. And they, they, so they, they, yeah, so the government brilliantly got rid of the mob and now, and now of course, we don't have any such thing as organized crime in this country anymore. Definitely not. Yeah. Or, got corporations. You know, yeah. or, you know, criminals <clears throat> in yeah. positions of power or nope. people who yeah. let greed take yeah. over their <sighs> sense of... No, I think anything? that uh, I, I think actually it, it may in the end have been a mistake to get rid of the mob because these 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 guys at least played by a set of rules. That's true. Whereas a lot of their successors in organized crime in America, oh, they had really some serious that. rules, and yeah. they I, 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 I gotta admit there were some things that I liked about the mob days when you read about them, like you know the mob guys see some dude beating up his wife, and suddenly the mob shows up at his house. And he's got two broken legs, and he never hits his kid again kind yeah. of thing. Like, they, there was some old-school rules that they, they played did. by that were good things. They did a lot of bad things. Oh, yeah, but, but for example, if you, if, you, if you whacked a guy, you didn't kill his family, and you did make sure not to do it in front of his family, and, then they, had, and they had all kinds of rules like that. Yeah, you know? which but, it, they did bad things, but there's a, there's a silver lining to some of it. Yeah, we're so they, off track right now. I know, we are totally off Wait, track. Wait, this isn't a show about the mob? No. no. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. That's we'll talk okay. a lot more about the mob in our Jimmy Hoffa episode. Yeah, yeah. we will. Yeah. You, you guys want to talk about Bill some more? We probably should. Yeah, probably. All right. I guess that whole tangent was a little bit to explain the history of the Stardust, to explain that people in power in the Stardust have not always been... The most honest. Mm-hmm. Well, well, yeah, it's Vegas. I mean, everybody knows about Vegas and its origins and all that stuff. And like, say, uh, maybe the mob is still there, maybe not. Mm-hmm. But if they're if they're still there, that that would tell you why he was never heard from again. You know, it's not there anymore. What's that? The Stardust. Stardust. Yeah, I saw a picture of. Um, you guys probably saw it too on a webpage of the the old original classic Stardust mm-hmm. sign. Oh, I love uh, that sign yard, in a junkyard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thing was I wonder, so cool. I wonder. I wonder if they went to the Smithsonian Institution or something like that. You know, Smithsonian Institute should have gotten that. Somebody should take. Hopefully, that somebody got a hold of it. You know, maybe I'll put it in my backyard. Yeah, that will go over really well with my neighbors. Oh be, yeah, I think it might be bigger than your backyard. You're gonna have to get. Like, <laughs> you're gonna have to get airspace rights you know, over, over your neighbors' yards. Possibly. Yeah. When it comes to Bill, yeah, there's really only two theories. Yeah. You know, there's sub theories under it, right? But either he's alive or he's dead. Yeah. Hey, uh, quick question. Yeah. Uh, of the cash and chips that he took, what? How much was cash and how much was yeah, chips? Yeah, that's that's kind of a big thing. Is that nobody knows? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they know, right? They mm. would know, but it's not publicized how much. Because so that's actually one of my big problems. That with some of these theories is that we don't know how much of it was money and how much of it was chips. 
I, I got to be honest, if he was smart and he intended to get out of town, mm-hmm. I wouldn't take a single chip. Well, yeah. I think it's interesting, you know, you can, if you plan this ahead, you say, hey, I'm going to steal a bunch of chips. Will you pay them for me, you know, at a reduced rate? And Black then, market. Yeah. yeah, and then well, you can go, you, you set that deal up prior, yeah. you do it quick, and then you... That's kind of what I was thinking is with the, one of his gambling friends. Mm-hmm. You could have said, look, if I got you a pile of chips, and I'm in a huge pile of chips... Um, how much would you give me? Like, would you give me uh, uh, seven seventy cents on the dollar? Mm-hmm. You know, something like that. Some, you know, some reduced rate, and then just mm-hmm. make a bulk sale. Yeah, and absolutely. Then, because yeah, obviously he can't go back and gamble right. those chips, and so he's got to. He, he had or to cash them in. You don't even have to gamble them. You can just walk up and cash them out. Mm-hmm. So, well, and, that's a good point. And as soon as it was known, the casino put out all the other casinos. Hey. We had a whole bunch of chips stolen, so be watching out for random people walking in with huge stacks of our chips suddenly yeah. mm-hmm. to be cashing in. Do uh, well, do other casinos honor the chips from from the other casinos? I, I don't, uh, you know. You to be honest, I've never gambled with chips in Vegas. I've always played slot machines because uh-huh. I'm a weenie, yeah. uh, and so I don't really know. I wouldn't think that they would. But I remember seeing stuff in the reading about them alerting other casinos to large denominations of their chips coming in. So I've got to imagine that there's hmm. a bit of a barter there. Now, maybe they don't give them 100% face value, or maybe they do. Maybe they charge a fee, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. But it seems like they'd have to have some kind of exchange when people are walking from casino to casino with and getting paid in chips. Mm. But it's regardless, I mean, yeah. selling them in bulk on the black market mm. would be the smart way to right. just offload them fast. Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's say he's alive. Okay. Just let's. For now, shall we? This obviously means he's not in America anymore because he's on the FBI's most wanted fugitive list and also has appeared numerous times on America's most wanted. Well, you could have grown a beard and moved up into the hills and become a Unabomber type living in a, living in a little shack. That's true, but I also do want to think a little bit about a half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, $500,000. It's not such a high amount that you could totally live for the rest of your life on it. No. Suffice to say, you know, you can do the math and actually a lot of people on the internet do do this math where they say it's been 22 years since this happened. $500,000 divided by 22 years equals about 22 to 23 to 23 dollars okay. a year, which is not enough to live on as it turns out in America. Well, you could really. live on that, but you'd be scraping by. Yeah, and that that means that it would only be 22 years that you're living. You know, that number gets smaller and smaller the longer you live off of it. Well, in the beginning, that's probably decent money to living. Mm-hmm. So I admit he probably ran out of cash mm-hmm. if he's in this country. Yeah, and that's, I think that it, I don't know why you would stay here, first of all. There's a lot cheaper places to live. Oh, way cheaper places to yeah. live. I mean, he could, he's probably not living in Europe. Because somehow that's even less money. But I just want to think about like the Pacific Rim areas, lots of parts of Asia, South and Central America. I mean, I I have friends. You guys know my friends that do this where they go and they work up in in the fish farms in Alaska and make $30,000 in the summer. And then they just literally travel around and live on it for a whole year because Uh you go cheap places to live. And that's so sufficient that... It's crazy. I mean, Mm -hmm. so if you're going to go maybe like to the Philippines with half a million dollars, you're going to live like a king. Yeah, you can do pretty well. 
Or uh, another place, if you guys, if our listeners are looking for a cheap place to go, <laughs> Bolivia. Mm. Bolivia is really cheap. I mean, yeah. wow. Yeah. Uh, Very so affordable. For me, it's not a problem to say that it's not enough money to live on. I think it's not enough to live in on America, but mm. there are a lot of places you could go where it'd be enough. It also explains unlike most of the other theories that that his cat was gone right i mean like if he if he got murdered his cat would still be at his apartment well not necessarily no no if you're a, no, if you're a detail oriented murderer then uh, you're going to go take you're, you're going to go to his place and pack a bag and take the cat and hopefully you're not going to kill the cat hopefully you're going to find him a new home you know but <laughs> probably such <laughs> Yeah. 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 Because that's what murderers typically that's do. Usually, what people who kill human somebody beings. would save their cat and take it to the humane society. Puts mm. up, puts up like a Craigslist ad. <laughs> my, my owner got whacked. I need a new home. <laughs> Sign, Mister Snuggles. Yeah. Sign, Mister Snuggles. Yeah. Anyways, I think you know it would have been pretty easy for him to have just drunk his cat up, stuck in a carrier, hopped on a plane, and just moved. But again, there's the problem of we don't know how much money versus chips. Yeah, let's say it was half and half, and mm. of course, let's say you had to cut a deal with somebody and, and, mm-hmm. and let's say knock it down to like seven seven cents on the dime. Do you think so? Yeah, you know, so that's how much. Let's say how rough figure three hundred fifty grand. No, no, it's uh, it'd be about uh, so it'd come out to about four hundred twenty five thousand. That if, if he's, get, if he's getting, you can do that math in your head. Uh, <laughs> if he's getting seven cents, yeah, I'd uh, add. <laughs> let's say he's dead. I'm, oh yeah, I'm, I'm kind of guessing that's a big probability. Mm, I think there are two kind of sub theories here. One is the accomplice theory. One is the mob theory, and then I guess there's like a third sub theory that we'll talk about after we're done talking about the accomplice and the mob. Okay. But, I mean, he but he clearly had an accomplice, right? Either he walked out of a casino with a backpack or a duffel bag full of money and chips. He he would have had to. Have had somebody let him through security he would have had somebody at the very least buy those chips off of him probably he's not back in here laundering the um, the chips right i mean somebody else has the chips at this point i mean not this current moment after the robbery i got yeah so it's it's not as though he just had nobody helping him i don't agree with that yeah no i Okay, when the casino gets robbed, mm. they rarely tell exactly how it was done and what was done, right? They're a little sketchy on the details because they don't want any other yahoos figuring it out. Okay, so maybe he does have some shady guy who he knows he can take $100,000 worth of chips to and sell and the rest is in cash. And then he just skips. Mm. But I personally think that I think this guy would have to be smart enough to know that chips are not the way to go. Mm. I would imagine that you would want to take the majority of what you steal in cash so you can just bounce with it. Mm. And he could have, I mean, you know, if he's hanging out with a debtor and this guy is getting him to gamble and do bad things, he might have owed money to other people and he might have just walked by and said, hey, so I know I owe you a hundred grand. Here's chips from the Stardust. 
I'm out. Mm. Bye. And takes off mm. and then skips like we've talked about. But he's got the other 400 grand in cash. Yeah, and we don't know how much he took. He might have just taken a, He might have taken just a couple of hundred chips. He might have taken just enough for his home poker set. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, That's uh, true. It's very true. Yeah. That's definitely true. Yeah. yeah. It's just a souvenir kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's fair. I guess I would qualify somebody buying chips as a, some sort of accomplice. Oh, yeah. And that that person may be thinking, oh, you have this many chips? Well, where'd you get them? You know, and if he's a smart guy, he says, I accidentally walked out with them or something, right? He makes up a story and doesn't tell exactly right. what he did. But he may not be a smart guy. He may be like, oh, I just ripped the stardust off. <laughs> I walked out of there with like half a million dollars. At which point somebody says, oh, oh, really? Well, I'll take that. Mm, yeah, you'd think he would have kept his mouth shut about the cash. You would think that, yeah. yeah. But if he did have an accomplice, which, again, I think he does. Steve apparently thinks he doesn't. And uh, Joe... I, I think it's a, it's a good possibility. Then... And, and it wasn't necessarily an accomplice who helped commit the crime, but just somebody he, he arranged with ahead mm, of time to mm. deliver a bunch of ships to. Yeah, I think, I think it's a, a good possibility that that person would have decided maybe... He, all of the half a million dollars sounded better than just the three fifty, two fifty. Right. Thousand. All is better than half. All is better than half. All mm-hmm. is better than halfsies. Then there's the mob. Yeah, they were angry, so they tracked them down. Well, if they are still involved in the Stardust, mm-hmm. they they don't have a good history of not reacting rashly. To people who steal. Yeah. Turning the other cheek and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Yeah, yeah. They're not so much into that, it turns out. Mm-hmm. So it, either the mob or just not great people who run the Stardust. I mean, we talked a little bit about the Ocean's Eleven connection, but since this is a story kind of ripped from a movie, Steve. Well, okay. <laughs> All right. So I've been reading this, and I really like the story, but I'm not a super fan of the two main theories. So I've just kind of been spitballing, as I like to do, because uh-huh. I like to spit, yeah. uh, is I was thinking about it. And I've got two ideas. Oh, okay. Okay, so the first off, let's step back and remember that nobody saw him leave. Yeah, on this the is cameras. something that I he could have yeah. been murdered on sight, and his body well, smuggled out. Well, I mean, it out. just could be that he bingo. Yeah, yeah, maybe not murdered, but like he may have or just drugged. never made it out of the casino. Yeah, yeah, he may have been pinched in the casino, and they said we don't know what happened to him and all this money, and now we've got to file this claim against insurance because we lost a half a million dollars oops yeah and actually added to that it would be pretty easy for them to you know say hey homeless dude here's a bunch of money wander it back into the company for a 10 percent right something Mm -hmm. like that right so you make the insurance claim of half a million dollars which again is a significant amount of money almost closer to a million dollars at this point in today's money you launder it back in you've made your claim you kind of come out on top and you've eliminated um, a problem child. Yeah. Yeah, but the problem with that I have with that theory is, and that's not a bad one, but if I were planning on doing something like that, I would have probably given the guy more responsibility and uh, access to more cash, and then you whack him, and then you and then you disappear two, three million dollars. Oh. You know, well, this is this is they I didn't realize he was going to do it, and they caught oh, him you in say the they act. They caught him mm. in the act. They catch him in the act. Yeah. And somebody acts rashly let's say he freaks out and a gun goes off as it does in the movies and he slumps down dead in the hallway in one of the back hallways Mm. and uh we got to get rid of this body 
Oh, conveniently, there's a desert out there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. how are we explain this guy suddenly gone that works for mm-hmm. us? Mm-hmm. So I I kind of wonder about that aspect, which we don't really see in any of the reading. Everybody well, says he my, got away with it. That was my third thing. Oh, was it? That, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. It's but fine. I do have another idea. Yeah. So this one is even farther off the rails. Okay. I know I do, and I know Joe has a cat, and you're not a cat person. I am not a cat person. Okay. Sorry, Well, Reddit. anybody that has a cat knows that your cat is out to kill you. <laughs> so what if it was Mr. Snuggles? Mr. Snuggles that with the it. candlestick. Yeah. Mr. Snuggles plotted the whole thing and then killed him what and if, went to Venezuela to eat sardines for the rest of his life. What if Mr. Snuggles wasn't actually a cat? What if he was... A chupacabra? <gasps> yeah. <laughs> Indeed. A pet chupacabra? Yeah. Jacuzzi. <laughs> Jacuzzi chupacabra. <laughs> yeah. Why not? I mean, really, if we're going to be just accusing random things, may as well accuse the chupacabra. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And if you had to say an accomplice in the casino, then, of course, it could be that he... Uh, they, they plotted it out together and then his accomplice just like, you know cacked him with a lead pipe and right. stuffed him in a laundry cart and uh, you know took the body out that way. Yep. Well, know, and, so. and that's the other thing is that that's how I explain why the cat is gone from the apartment. If he did have an, an accomplice that knocked him off once he left is he says, hey, I'm going to skip town. I'll meet you and give you your cut. So he's got his cat in a car- cat mm. carrier. Uh-huh. He meets him at some abandoned lot. The guy whacks him in the head with a lead pipe and kills him. Opens up the cat carrier, and then sets the car on fire, and Mr. Snuggles runs free to live with the, you know, other feral cats mm-hmm. in the neighborhood, uh-huh. and the car is destroyed. Uh-huh. Or they run it out into the desert or something. I yeah. mean, it, that would explain why the one thing that is this guy's anchor, the pud, mm-hmm. is gone. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you know? Did they search the Humane Society to see if any cats turned up? No idea. I don't know. I'm kind of guessing mm-hmm. they didn't. But, I'm uh, guessing uh, they probably yeah. didn't. It's my guess, too. Yeah. So those are the theories. And I guess unless you guys have anything else. If you're Bill Brennan, please call. Would you, please? Or send yeah. us an email. Seriously send us we an won't, email. We won't tell the FBI. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. They're, they're or the prob- mob. They probably are monitoring this podcast. So well, obviously they yeah. are. We solve an odd their mysteries for them. Oh, so. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, with that. It's a nice little short episode for y'all. Sort of. Yeah, on the back of like four or five super monster episodes. If you would like to read some of the links that we have been referencing tonight, they are, as always, on our website. That website is thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. You may be listening to us there. You're probably listening to us on iTunes. If you're listening to us on iTunes, drop us a comment and a rating if you would. If you forgot to download us, uh, you could be streaming us on Stitcher, which is not the only thing that we're on these days. I think we're also in the Zune library, because apparently that's a thing still. Yep. Oh, the Zune is still around? Yeah, I guess. Really? And yeah, we're in the... the mic- I think getting into the Zune library puts us into the Microsoft library. Yeah. Evidently, you can find us on Windows 8 phones. They have a podcast app. Oh, gosh. I guess. Okay. Wow. So we're on TuneIn as well. We're Don't on forget TuneIn about as well. We're we're kind of all over the place these days. Uh, yeah. yeah, we're also on Facebook. Yeah. If you would like to connect with us there, please feel free. You know, we've got the group and the page, so like us and friend us. There's going to be some interesting stuff coming along there pretty soon. Steve's making a face. There is. Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> What's it going to be? It's a surprise. It's interesting. We can't tell. Yeah. Ah, okay. It's a teaser, Joe. That's what a teaser is. Yeah, I know. Also, we're trying to make Twitter work for us. Everybody in this room is making a face. Sorry, everyone. I'm reading a lot of Twitter help blogs. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I figure it's because I've never really used guide it. To Twitter. Yeah. Trying to. I, I'm reading Twitter for dummies. Yeah, I am yeah. not. <laughs> I figure some of the some of those medieval terrorist types over in the Middle East can figure out Twitter, then we can too, right? Probably that's true. Yeah, I hope. Yeah, you would hope. Also, email. It's a, the best way to get in contact with us. That email address is thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail.com. We okay. have some listener mail, actually. We've oh, we been do. putting off for so long. I'm so sorry. Our mailbag is huge. It, actually, these days... It's kind of overflowing. It's a little overflowing. So why don't we read those emails? Yeah. Well, let's do. This one is from Aubrey. She says, Hey there. My name is Aubrey. I'm a college student, sophomore, studying psychology, and I've been obsessed with your show, listening between classes and putting off work to listen as well. I promise I will keep my grades up, though, especially since I am nearing being caught up and horrified at the idea of running out of my ability to binge listen. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Stay up with your studies, Aubrey. We don't want to be responsible yeah, for you talking out. I, I, that was actually yeah. one of the first things, or one of the big things mm. that was in a reply was, mm-hmm. oh, keep your grades up. Yeah. She says, I was trying to think of something for a podcast, and everything had either already been done or so famous that I'm sure that you would eventually do them or are tired of hearing them suggested. Bottom line, I had the... A very disturbing but good idea. Anyways, that's, you know, she, she the suggestion, and she just says, keep podcasting, and she's class of 2017, which is scary. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's super scary. So thank you for the suggestion, Aubrey. I think that I will not be taking it, but somebody in this room probably will. Maybe. Yeah, that's, uh, it's a disturbing idea or a uh, disturbing story. Yeah. It's it's very different from us but uh from well, what we do normally stuff but stuff kind of vaguely like it. So it deals with bodily functions. Ooh, gross. It's gross. It's gross. But we'll we'll get to it at some point in the near future, yeah. I think. Um, all right, well we've got another one here that I wanted to uh, I wanted to read for everybody. And this is from Lindley. Lindley says, hi, guys. I adore your podcast. I look forward to listening to it every week. Thursday nights, I work alone in the basement of a library processing Uh. books, and your podcast is the perfect mood setter. Uh, I don't know. You're alone in the basement? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Listening to us talk There's no way. Yeah, I I I can't listen to our stuff when it's, like, dark out. Sometimes I leave, like, from recording, and I'm like, it's too creepy out here. No, actually, yeah, after... For after dark, the only the only podcasts I listen to are the Muppets and Barney. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you for providing me with hours of entertainment and getting me through these long hours in a dusty room stacked with books. Mm. Lindley then goes on to suggest a story, uh, which I've got to admit I was really intrigued with. I hadn't ever heard of before, uh. but. Yeah, working in a dark basement Mm-mm. at night nope. on your own, listening with to us. us. Yeah, sorry. That reminds me. I I I I'm, I've been doing a lot of research on the library basement mur- murders, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we're probably going to be. And that just reminded me of that. I sort of let that slip, and, and so uh, yeah, we'll be covering that soon. Yeah, don't yeah. worry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And, right. you know, that actually makes me think is I don't know that we share with our listeners or our listeners share with each other sometimes is the other shows that they listen to. For so- folks that are in that situation where mm. it's like, that's a creepy spot. You should listen to this instead. And I know I listen to a bunch of shows. I know, Devin, I, you listen yeah, to a couple. Um, and Joe listens to one or two. So, yeah. I mean... You know, I don't know if it's worth it at some point for us to share that with our listeners and have our listeners share what they listen to. Mm-hmm. I think that might be fun for yeah. us to do sometime. Please. For sure. Yeah, well, I mean, then, you know, and this is another thing I wanted to say. You know, I, I, we really appreciate the positive messages that we get. And, and I would say that 99% of our emails are, are positive like that. But also, don't be afraid if you if you think that we've um, uh, left something important out of a mystery. Don't be afraid to to chime in and and, and let us know about that. Oh yeah, we've missed the mark it, on a yeah. point or two. And yeah, if we've left we've something heard about out it, or gotten good. something wrong, you know, p- please let us know. I mean, and you know, it's nice that you say good stuff to us, but you know, feel free to criticize us too. Joe needs to start going on Reddit because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that on Reddit we do get a little bit of flack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There needs to be. Yeah, some there's some verbal ticks. Yeah. Some of us have habits. Yes. Uh-huh. They're habits that we're trying to get rid of. Yeah. But we're really, really working on it. I and didn't know. Thank you. <laughs> Man, I... And with that. <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> and with that. I think I think uh. we're gonna call this one solved, obviously. Mr. Snuggles. Mr. Yeah, Snuggles. Mr. Snuggles. I go uh, I'm Chupacabra. Voting, I'm voting for Mr. Snuggles. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Anyways, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. Yeah. Well, another hard-hitting mystery will be solved. Sweet. 